Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast. And as you could guess it, it's being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And tonight we're continuing our series of the towns that I like. And tonight that town is Mount Dora, Florida. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. And of course, before we get to tonight's topics, let's take a quick spin around the travel interwebs from the My Eyes Are Bigger Than My Belly Department, aka the Global Times. They give us travelers gobble down 30 kilograms of oranges to save on luggage fees. Chinese Neetsons, and a Neetson is a user of the internet, especially a habitual or avid one. Not my term, that is what the global news item wrote. But they marveled at the appetite of four travelers who ate 30 kilograms. And in case you missed the metric system in middle school, that is roughly 60 pounds. I'll say that again, 60 pounds of oranges in under. Get this, 30 minutes while at a China airport. And why did they do this, you ask? Well, they wanted to avoid the 300 yuan or yuan, Y-U-A-N, which is about $46 in luggage fees for the fruit. Finding the fee too expensive, Wang and his colleagues made a decision. We just stood there and ate the whole thing up. It took about 20 to 30 minutes. And after completing the feat, however, Wang said that they started to suffer from ulcers in their mouths. Well, Neetsons on the Chinese social media platform were amused by their determination while laughing at their foolishness. Uh, Couldn't they have just packed the oranges into four pieces of hand luggage and carry them on into the cabin? I guess that is China's version of Reddit. Either way, the internet looks like they got the better piece of that story. Are you feeling a bit optimistic, looking to get away for say spring break or maybe that 2021 summer trip? If you can't afford to fly and your family sedan is less than dependable, do I have a deal for you? It is the Megabus. And if you've never heard of the Megabus, it is the modern day version of Greyhound without all the creepiness and the addition of Wi-Fi. Now through September 2021, Megabus is offering $1 fares. Too good to be true. I had to check it out for myself and it came pretty close to being as advertised. I found a few round trips, Orlando to Jacksonville round trip, $2. Dallas to San Antonio, $2. Orlando to Miami, $2. And I would greatly and gladly pay $2 not to have to drive through Miami. After scouring the site, it seems that most of the low cost trips are over the weekend. Leave on Friday, come back on a Sunday. I did find an Atlanta to Dallas eight day trip for about $101 round trip. Depending on the fuel that your personal sled consumes, that $100 may be a good deal and may be cheaper than paying for the fuel yourself. Now, while I have never ridden on the Megabus, I do have a few friends that have, and their biggest complaint is that the bus stops, if you can call them that, are in some remote part of the city. And the things like no fancy bus stations and only online bookings is the reason that the mega bus can offer such low fares. Now, like everybody else, they did have their COVID precautions posted and they promised sanitized buses, 
masks being required for everybody and through the end of February, empty middle seats without having to pay any additional fees. Looking to be one of the cool kids? We'll get a load of this. Spirit Airlines is hiring pilots and flight attendants again in hopes of a pandemic recovery. Yep, Spirit is ramping up and planning to start training new pilots as well as flight attendants as early as next month. CEO Ted Christie recently said growth in the airline industry is going to be at the leisure end and we are the primary server of that guest. Not sure if I agree with Mr. Ted Christie, but he is the CEO and I am not. And I do, look, I pick on Spirit a bunch. And the reason I view Spirit Airlines as the Florida man of the airline industry, and with headlines such as Spirit Airlines flight attendant goes on a shocking rant, or passengers get rowdy at Florida airport after nine Spirit Airline flights are canceled, that one's a two for both Spirit Airlines and Florida in the same uh, headline. But after a deep dive, I recently learned a few things about Spirit. Spirit lost $428 million in 2020, and who didn't lose a bunch of money last year? But this is their first annual net loss since 2007. Spirit stock shares fell a bit more than 8% a few weeks ago, but its stock price is still up nearly, get this, 23% this year, more than most U.S. airlines. And it ended last year with a little bit over 8,700 employees, including 2,500 pilots and about 4,000 flight attendants. Now look, these three facts alone aren't enough to move them above Florida man status, but possibly a promotion to the category of recent lottery winner, Florida man status. On to tonight's topic, our series of the towns I like, and tonight the town is Mount Dora. And it takes all of my maturity not to call it Mount Dora the Explorer. Florida, as we usually start out with here, is a few Mount Dora facts. The population in 2019 was just around 14,000. And I was surprised that it was actually this much. The geographic area of Mount Dora is not huge and there's not a ton of housing, but at least there's 14,000 people living in them. The estimated medium house or a condo value in 2019 was just right at 300,000. So for reference, it was right at 105,000 20 years or 21 years ago in 2000. So a little bit better return on the uh, median house price value versus the recent Game Boy surge in stock pricing. Many of the buildings in Mount Dora were temporarily painted pink for the Honky Tonk Freeway film. And in case you missed this 1981 classic, it has a solid 0% on Rotten Tomatoes and no reviews. And Mount Dora is also home to one of the three, or one of the only three freshwater lighthouses in the state of Florida. How do you get there? For me, it's a 15 minute drive. If you fly into Orlando airport, figure it's roughly a 60 minute, 70 minute drive north from the airport. Where to stay? I would suggest Chateau Relaxo, but we are not listed on Airbnb and there is no vacancy. However, there is no shortage of Airbnb choices from a very simple $35 per night camper RV to a $130 cottage. You're bound to find something that works. If you're a bit fancier and you like the whole bed and breakfast treatment, there's no shortage of bed and breakfast in Mount Dora. And on the outskirts of town, there are several chain hotels. 
And if you get into my Wayback Machine, which we've talked about before, I've fortunately lived in a variety of places. I was born in Dallas, Texas. From there, we moved to Sandy Springs, Georgia. From there, it was Palos Verdes, California. From there, back across the country to Rockville, Maryland, back to Dallas, Texas, back to Sandy Springs, then down to Coral Springs, Florida, then up to Lilburn, Georgia, back down to Margate, Florida, and now currently residing at Chateau Relaxo. Here's my take on moving. You could be moving 20 miles or as much as 2,000 miles, and it is always a giant cup of suck. Moving has nothing to do with the actual distance that you're moving. It has everything to do with packing and unpacking your stuff. So looking back at all the places I lived, no matter where I lived, whether I was with my family or out on my own, there was always some neighboring town that we just loved getting away to for be it a day or a long weekend. When we were in Rockville, Maryland, my parents had a cabin down in the Shenandoah Valley. When we lived in Sandy Springs, same thing. We had a cabin up in the mountains of Ellijay, Georgia. During my Lilburn, Georgia days, Helen, Georgia was a great day trip. And now at Chateau Relaxo, we find ourselves in Mount Dora on a fairly regular basis. So how did we find Mount Dora? Good question. I'm glad you asked. About 11 or 12 years ago, we were living in South Florida. We had planned a kayak trip out of Kings Island in Apopka. For some reason, the closest hotel I could find was in Claremont, roughly a 30-mile drive away from Apopka. Our trip wrapped up late afternoon, so we decided to head over to Mount Dora for dinner. Neither of us had ever been to Mount Dora, at least I hadn't. I'm not sure about the CEO, but I was familiar with the town through my mom. Growing up in South Florida, she owned kind of a household furnishing store that sold lamps, tables, and a whole bunch of stuff that smelled like cinnamon. The target market was that 1980s South Florida, South Florida housewife. Much of her inventory back then came from Mount Dora, so I knew the name of the town, but little else. After our post-kayak trip meal in Mount Dora, and more about where we ate in a little bit, we strolled, which is nothing more than a very fancy word for walking, through the Mount Dora Square. It was late October, and the city was holding their Mount Dora Halloween Festival, very reminiscent of the movie Doc Hollywood and their squash festival, lights hanging from the trees, costume kids running to and fro collecting candy. Here's another side note. If you have never watched Doc Hollywood, a solid 68% on Rotten Tomatoes, it is a great movie. It is set in the fictional town of Grady, South Carolina, but actually filmed just about 90 miles away in Micanopy, Florida. And it has one of my most favorite movie lines of all time. Dr. Stone, played by Michael J. Fox, who was on his way to Hollywood to be a plastic surgeon and get stranded in Grady, has just taken a pig as a payment for fixing a patient's foot. And of course, why not would you take a pig for payment, especially in Grady, South Carolina? But anyway, Dr. Stone is walking the pig through town, as one must be expected to do with a pig. And as Doc Stone is walking, someone shouts out, nice pig. Doc Stone's reply, that's what they tell me. So maybe one day we'll do an episode on great movie quotes, probably none of which you have ever heard. So anyway, that evening, we both felt that Mount Dora encompassed that small, very small town feel. And all these years later, it still does. The day we purchased the lot for Chateau Relaxo, we headed into Mount Dora for lunch and to discuss the number of zeros on the check that we had just stroked. 
and lunch that day was at the Lake House Bar and Grill. Of course, I had the wings, and all these years later, that bar and grill is still up and operating. So if you head into Mount Nora, what are you going to do? Well, there's a bunch. There's no shortage of annual events or festivals, so many that in fact the town is known as the Festival City. They have their annual Christmas lighting festival, of course, just like everything else in 2020, it was canceled. Hopefully it will be back on schedule for this uh, 2020 fall winter season. They actually have a bicycle festival typically in late October. This is Florida's only four day cycling festival or social they call it. There's 16 routes that go through three of central Florida's most beautiful counties. Upcoming in March is the Spring Festival of Arts and Crafts, probably 200 plus vendors, exhibitors and whatnot showing original arts that are set up for sale. There's also the Mount Dora Arts Festival. This was just a few weeks ago, and it was the first time that we had missed one since moving into the area. And this is a part of that same arts and crafts tour that usually finds their way or winds their way down to Coconut Grove late February. If you like wearing topsiders and polo collared shirts, there is a sailing regatta held March 27th and 28th. This is, will be the 68th annual Mount Dora regatta. What I know about regattas, you could put in a thimble and have room left over for most of the people in China. Somehow when I hear the word sailing or regattas, I picture Christopher Cross's hit song sailing being piped across Lake Dora throughout the event but if sailing is your thing, they can certainly fill that kink. But beyond the annual events, there's enough to fill a solid day, maybe a day and a half. Of course, the centerpiece of Mount Dora is actual Lake Dora, perfect for sunsets, but it also has a boardwalk that winds through, I don't know, two or three acres of natural preserves and connects you back into the city's existing trail system. Mount Dora being such an artsy, craftsy kind of town, there is a Mount Dora Center for the Arts. It's the hub for everything creative in the area. And they actually put on the annual arts festival and offer classes in things like pottery, quilting, and my personal favorite, salsa dancing. There is also the Ice House Theater. We have been annual ticket holders since we moved here. We've seen such great shows as The Odd Couple, The Music Man and Sweet Charity. And just last month, we saw Lewis Black's One Slight Hitch. This is their 72nd or 73rd season, and it really truly is community theater at its best. Now, if you've listened to any of the episodes, you know that we love antique stores. Most of my office or my home office is furnished with the finds from our travels all over the Southeast. Mount Dora is home to a couple of places worth visiting. The first is Renninger's. This is a huge antique store slash flea market, meaning that you can search for an antique piece of furniture while you get your car windows tinted or your kitchen knives sharpened. It's well over 100 acres inside, spread across multiple buildings. So plan on spending some time there if you want to see everything. If a more traditional antique mall or antique store is what you're into, there is the Village Antique Market. It's probably 50 or 60 vendors selling everything from jewelry to furniture. Keep in mind, this is Florida. So I expect to see lots of cameo pendants and necklaces and enough Fostoria glassware to fill three pantries. Both Renninger's and the Village Antique Mall are located away from the downtown area. So you'll need a car. 
in downtown, since we're talking about downtown, downtown Mount Dora parking can be tough, especially on the weekends and Friday nights, but there is plenty of free parking. If you go east of town, there's a lot on Fifth Avenue. If you go south, there's one on Third, and then directly behind Donley Park on Sixth Avenue. And none of these lots require you to parallel park like most of the street parking does. And if the last time you parallel parked was when you were 16 trying to get your license for the first time, you can greatly reduce that anxiety by parking in one of those three lots. There's so much to do in the downtown area. Wear comfortable shoes and apply your sunscreen. If you enjoy cooking, there's a couple stops. First is the Spice and Tea Exchange. They have everything from meat rubs, dips, you know, stuff for seafood. They have a full line of curry and Arabic spices. Throw an assortment of black teas, white teas, green teas, and oolong teas. You're bound to impress someone or find a gift for that hard-to-shop-for person. If you're into oil and vinegar, there is the Mount Dora Olive Oil Company. And they've got crazy things like black mission fig balsamic vinegar, blood orange olive oil. Plenty to see there. If your home office, den, or whatnot needs some additional home furnishings, Stop by Matemo Designs. It's on the corner of 5th and North Donley. They have tons of uh, Florida-themed jewelry, plenty of knickknacks, uh, anything that you probably need, like I said, to complete your home office or den. If you have a dog in your life, and in our case, we have two of them, and you like to feed those dogs treats, you can stock up on them at Piglet's Pantry. That's right, Piglet's Pantry. I don't know how they named a dog treat store Piglet's. I'm sure there's a story to go with it. But it is a dog bakery serving up such canine delicacies as chicken pot pie and peanut butter and jelly dog treats. If your pup is more of the earthy, crunchy type, they also have a full line of granola soft bakes such as pumpkin pie and ginger spice. There's also the Mount Dora Marketplace right across the street from Piglet's Pantry. Dozens of local vendors and local products all under one roof. If you're into collegiate sports, if you're a collegiate sport fan and you need to find some collegiate or college branded merchandise such as koozies, lanyards, license plates, socks, caps, etc. There's Ashley's Corner that covers all of that. You know, Mount Dora is filled with all sorts of crooks and crannies and little alleyways so you'll never know what you find. Sadly, this past year, though, the Mount Dora Cigar Shop had to roll up its doors, which was a big disappointment. It was a great little cigar shop, probably seated, I don't know, less than, than 10 people in their lobby, but they always had a, a pretty good selection of sticks. So unfortunately, there has been some COVID tragedies in the small town. Finally, on to food, and there is no shortage of places to eat. All those years ago, our dinner after our kayak trip was at the Fiesta Grande Mexican Grill. They are still in business and we probably make it there at least once a month. They will be packed if you go on a Friday night. My meal is typically their Fiesta Burrito. Think steaks, onions, peppers smothered in a homemade tomolito sauce. And then of course, smothered with cheese. They have amazing margaritas. They are typically two for one after 2 p.m. So get a double because it's less than paying for two singles and do yourself a favor and upgrade to top shelf tequila. Here's my take on Mexican restaurants. Every town needs a good one. And typically the bad ones will be weeded out pretty quickly. My other tip is that every Mexican restaurant, 
needs to have a speedy plate on their lunch menu. So long as it has one taco, it doesn't matter whether it has taquitos or enchiladas or tamales. It has to at least have one taco, some beans, and some rice. Another great place to stop is Pisces Rising, especially if you want to watch the sunset over Lake Dora. Live music on the weekends, so ask to sit on the deck. When I go there, my go-to is a barbecue pork taco, this delicious mix of smoked slow-cooked pork topped with homemade slaw and then garnished with cilantro. And they serve up a pretty mean gin and tonic to go with it. Another great place to wind down the work week is the Frog and Monkey Restaurant and Pub. Remember the TV show Cheers and the bar was down a set of stairs? That's exactly how the Frog and Monkey is set up. Of course, once inside, the staff will welcome you even if your name isn't Norm. Right off the bat, their beer list is impressive, well beyond what Cigar City offers. And not picking on Cigar City, there's nothing wrong with Cigar City. I think their highlight is probably one of the top 10 beers around. But most local restaurants consider Cigar City high-end or craft beer. The Frog and Monkey serves up glass candle grenades, IPA, which is tough to find. It's a northern beer. And they also have such classics as the Sluice Juice IPA. And that's just the start of the beer menu. We ate there last week. Started with a bowl of edamame that was as big as my head. I went with their Between the Bun Burger, which is their monthly special. This month it was elk smothered in, think, homemade turkey fried onions, house aioli, and this huge brioche bun that I pretty much had to unhinge my jaw to eat. And of course, live acoustic music on Friday nights. If you are in town and are at a total loss of where to eat, you might want to book a reservation at the Taste of Our Town tour. Cost is normally $65 per person, which covers tasting at six or seven restaurants. I've never taken the tour, but looking at TripAdvisor and Yelp, it seems like a pretty solid deal. And in the words of Billy Mays, but wait, there's more. What southern town would be complete without a ghost walk? Well, there is a Mount Dora ghost walk. If you want to be the captain of your own vessel, you can check out Cat Boat Adventure Tours. You'd basically drive your own two-person catamaran across beautiful Lake Dora, head up through the Dora Canal, and you can find yourself up on Lake Eustis. There are a couple day spas within the uh, downtown area. Don't forget, you can also rent a Segway and take your life in your hands as you cruise through the crowded streets of Mount Dora. You know, if you come to O-Town for the Mouse House or Universal, Mount Dora does make a great day trip to get you away from the long lines and the high-priced meals. So for Chateau Relaxo, Mount Dora is our getaway town. It never disappoints. From festivals to dining, we always find something to do. If you have a favorite town, a question, comment, leave me a voicemail at anchor.com or hit me up with an email, travelfrick at gmail.com. That's travelfrick at gmail.com. Please travel safe, stay safe, and thanks for listening.